All right, everyone. Welcome to Big Ten Hoops Weekly. We are here on Super Bowl Sunday, and we are going to do everything in our power to not talk about the Super Bowl. Um, and that's great news um, for everyone because we have plenty to talk about in the Big Ten from what transpired this week. Starting to see some separation, uh, but you know, as as has been normal in really every week this season. Also saw some wacky, wacky games this week and a key upset. Um, so, Brett, uh, do you have any – well, maybe, maybe more important question. Did you have any prop bets on the Iowa-Minnesota game from today? I did not, uh, and it it really looks like I should have. Um, but, no, I think uh, I think the college basketball prop, mar- prop betting market is highly variable, and it is not uh, a favorite of mine. So I'm sorry to disappoint. Well, that's good. Um, and as easy as it could be to talk about the Super Bowl, uh, based off of that, we are not going to do that. However, bet the red the- Gatorade. <laughs> For the first time in the history of this podcast, we are going to lead with the Northwestern Wildcats. Um, and the reason we are going to do that is because Northwestern Wildcats pulled up a massive upset today in Evanston, closing the game on a 17 to 3 run to beat the number one Purdue Boilermakers on the heels of a an, an actually impressive win um, in Columbus earlier this week. Um, so Northwestern finds themselves in a tie for second place with Indiana, who we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but really, this was a, a strange game in Evanston uh, where Northwestern really got most of their offensive production in the second half from Boo Booey and Chase Adige. Um, Purdue, um, really for the first time in a while, looked, um, I, I think, you know, lost. They, they turned the ball over 10-plus times in the second half. But but really the, the story here is about Northwestern. Um, Brett, how are you feeling about Northwestern's, North, Northwestern's chances to make the tournament off of what was really kind of a, a pivotal week in the Chris Collins era there? Yeah, I mean, I, I for now, I am regretting my law school decision and wish I would have gone to Northwestern. Go Cats, baby. Uh, I'm all in. No, um, in seriousness, I think so. If we if we look at my preferred bracket assessment website, which is Bracket Matrix, shout out, Brad, Bracket Matrix is kind of a big, big aggregate of all of the major and some minor bracketology people coming into today. Northwestern was listed as the top 10 seed, which I think. Fair based on kind of the 18 and seven, you know, I 18 and seven record. Um, but I mean, this this should be enough to get them definitely clear of the nine line, maybe even into the eight. And at that point, it doesn't really matter unless you really are a big Jersey fanatic. But, I, you know, huge win for Northwestern, huge win for Chris Collins, huge win for 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 all those guys. And uh, it's it really came based on the strength of what they do well. Um, you know, they're. They're not a team that's going to light it up from three, and they sure as hell did not today. They were four for 22, uh, but they forced 16 Purdue turnovers uh, in a 65-possession game, so that's just under 25% of Purdue's possessions ending with a turnover, and they were 56% from two and made 70% of the line, which, you know, definitely definitely helpful. And surviving a, an in, inefficient game from, from Chase Adige, who was six for 16 from the field, you know, they stuck to their guns. They didn't turn it over much. They played great defense and, you know, they kind of adopted the, all right, cool. Edie's going to get his strategy. And, and sure he had 24 points, 
But besides that, Braden Smith had 10, and that was kind of it in terms of double figures. So I think that, you know, really playing this game to their identity and exploiting match matchups where they could, especially in the backcourt. I Yeah, I mean, obviously Northwestern's trending up. Um, I think should be, at this point, solidly in the tournament as an 8 or a 9 seed. Yeah, and it, it it really is astounding, honestly, because this this Northwestern offense is is not one that's pretty. Um, and and you mentioned you know Audija's relatively inefficient performance. He he was the catalyst down the stretch for these guys today, and I, I think you know we've seen um, spurts of that from him. But I mean, <laughs> Bowie and Audige, you know, were their entire offense today. Forty one out of the their their sixty four points. Um, yeah, and I mean thirty over over well over fifty percent of the shots too. And so. I don't know that this is sustainable for a deep March run, but yeah, when you're playing these grinded up Big Ten games in the middle of February, you know, the, the, the environment there at Welsh Ryan was insane. And all it really took was a little bit of a run. And, and, and as has been the case with Northwestern all year, it started on the defensive end for them. I want to talk about the Big Ten, the, the, the Big Ten regular season title race in a second. But before we do that, we also need to talk about Indiana, who – We've been talking about them a lot lately. Um, you know, they really look like they've put things together under Mike Woodson. They got two really, really impressive wins this week, beating Rutgers in Bloomington. We know that it's you know that, that Rutgers brand of basketball travels well. Um, and I was admittedly expecting a little bit of a letdown from Indiana, but no sir there. And then in what was maybe even more impressive, they go into Ann Arbor without Brace Thompson. Um, and and basically get it was a two-headed monster of put Shafino and um, Trace Jackson Davis, but they you know really survive a game where they were getting beat the whole game, turned it on in the last five minutes, and were able to grind out um, a, a one-point win in Ann Arbor, one of those kind of so-called culture wins that we we haven't seen out of this Hoosier program in you know the better half of the last decade or two. Um, so Indiana's sitting up there with Northwestern at, at nine and five in the conference. And, you know, look, we can, we can keep talking about Trace Jackson Davis. We can talk about, talk about Jalen Huchifino. Here's what I want to talk about. So Purdue's been kind of clear of the rest of the field for most of the season this year. And, and, and that's still sort of the case, right? They're, they're two up in the loss column on Northwestern and Indiana, despite the loss to Northwestern today. However, you know, they, they have to go to Maryland later this week. They have another game against Indiana on the schedule. And um, if Indiana were to win that, Indiana and Northwestern would both have the tiebreakers over Purdue. Do we need to start talking about a world where someone other than Purdue can win the regular season title? I mean, it's it's worth I think it's worth keeping in mind. Um, you know, we've got six games to go, uh, five for Purdue, actually, after today we can we, we can break from tradition a little bit and do a do a mini preview here purdue's got at maryland where the terps have been fierce although they are projected they are projected to win their last five games they have to they have ohio state and indiana at home and then go to madison before finishing with illinois i mean that's that's not an easy schedule not that any really stretch of the big 10 schedule this year is but i think you know they've they've bounced back from each of their they've not lost two games in a row this year um Purdue and I, I think you have to think they'll be ready for the challenge of Maryland presents, even though they really just kind of escaped them at home. Um, and Maryland obviously to being a different animal at the Xfinity center, but I mean, it's, it's worth discussing. I think that 
you know, Indiana and Northwestern are both playing really, really solid basketball. Indiana's won, uh, I believe, eight out of nine, and Northwestern's won six out of eight. And they actually play each other on Wednesday. And we're going to get to that, but it it is an, it there there is a world where you know, especially because Indiana has to go to Purdue again. There, it could happen. Um, and I think that would be a especially if Northwestern somehow comes out of this on top, we, we might need to uh, reorient ourselves for a little bit. I know. Well, and, and Illinois is, you know, also only two back in the lost column for them. And so uh, I, I think, you know, this is more coming from, again, you know, we've, I, I think we've been probably overly complimentary of Purdue over the course of the year um, as, as they've, you know, built, to, built up the strong portfolio and built up this big lead in, in conference play. However, my, I think one issue with them is that, you know, a lot of their success, you know, has been due to Zach Eady and they've gotten great performance from, from some of their role players, you know, particularly, you know, that, that road game against Michigan state where Fletcher lawyer looked really, really good. I mean, Braden Smith, Eaton Morton, Maiton Gillis, they've, they've all been good at times. However, um, I don't know that that's a, supporting cast that scares people especially when you get to the you know top top 30 top 25 teams in the country and so you know i i don't want to set this up to scare purdue fans to make them think they're headed for another early ncaa tournament exit but i i I think anyone who looks at this purdue team would be right to have some skepticism uh for their staying power and and you know a lot of that due just because they haven't you know they've won a lot of tough road games but they haven't looked dominant in doing so um, and, and, and so, you know, if that doubt starts to creep in, you know, now they're, they're facing some adversity, um, you know, and being challenged by some other solid teams. I, I, I think this race may tighten before we get to the end here in a couple of weeks. Um, sticking with uh, one other team that had a really, really good week here. So uh, Michigan State sort of held held serve is, is more than I'd call it. They, they beat Maryland at home. Um, Maryland's been heating up. So that, that's solid win. And then they, they went into Columbus and. And absolutely destroyed them. We don't necessarily need to talk about how Ohio State's been falling apart, but actually Nebraska's bumped them in the standings right now, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, you know, how what, what do you think is the role that Michigan State has to to play in the the way this season has? Because I think we've chronicled, you know, that they don't really have a superstar. Um, they're really really tough on defense, but they they've been inconsistent, you know, and and they they haven't done that well on the road. Where do you think they fit in as they gear up for these final three weeks here? That's a good question. I think, you know, I think they're reliably in that second tier kind of past. I mean, we've got Purdue, Indiana, Northwestern Rutgers, I would say, and Illinois, I guess, is your kind of tier one. That's all teams with between three and five losses. You know, Rutgers and Illinois, meh. I think I think you can slot Michigan State at the either the bottom end of that tier or the top of the Maryland, Iowa tier uh just in terms of so it's basically how i'd see this the i mean that's it's how i'd see the standings but i would say that michigan state is probably the best team out of that maryland iowa michigan state tier you know bracket matrix right now has them as a eight as the second eight seed which i think seems fair um and they're you know i you mentioned no no superstars but i i mean yeah no superstars for sure but Tyson Walker has been playing really well recently. Hauser's kind of been been getting it together, and they they just have a bunch of good players. They have well a bunch. They have six good players, and I think that's a lot more than a lot of teams in this conference can say. But 
you know, when you look at how they're finishing the season, they're really primed to make a big run. You know, you've got Minnesota at home this year, an away game at Michigan that's always going to be tough, Indiana at home, but then you finish at Iowa, at Nebraska, with an Ohio State at home. I mean, if you told me they came out of that stretch right now, if you told me they came out of that stretch at five and one with the loss either at at Michigan or home to Indiana, I'd believe that. I think that's well within the possibility. And, you know, 15 or 15, five and one would put them at 13 and seven. And that's, that's a double buy. Yeah, that's, that's double a double buy, buy for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I, so, I think that'd be really that'd be really a great way for them to end the season. Absolutely. And I think, you know, they've taken their lumps. Uh, obviously, the losing back to back to Illinois and Purdue, Indiana on the road, Purdue on the road again. Um, but they've held serve at home uh, for the most part. And, you know, besides the Northwestern and Purdue, basically, but they're they're playing pretty good basketball. And uh, I think and I'm, I'm also still surprised that they were underdogs today at Ohio State and then one by 20. But yeah, it was. So I mean, they're play, playing good basketball. Tom Izzo is inevitable, and uh, it's it's definitely possible that they end up as that you know three or four seed. Yeah, no, I I I, I certainly agree with you there. Okay, let's go to the bubble uh, now. Sort of, we, we talked about the top of the conference for most of the show here. Let's go to the bubble. So Penn State. Can, can we not? Can we not? It's sad. It 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 is it is sad. You know, and and, and on that note, I mean, you know, the, most brackets have eight teams solidly in from the, not solidly in, but most brackets have eight teams from the big 10 in, you know, and that's tied for the most of any conference in the country. So even in a kind of proverbial down year, you know, think things are still looking good. I, I think that those teams on the outside looking in have not done much to better themselves this week in particular. Um, and, and that's kind of where we're headed here. So let's start with Penn state. Uh, so, you know, they, they, they were, Probably not not at the at the bottom of the, the the bubble feeders, but you know they they had two great opportunities I think to improve their resume this week, um, and and they lost both. They they lost a, a a tough overtime game at home to Wisconsin earlier in the week, and then um, could could not figure out Maryland uh, at the Xfinity Center as as most teams cannot. So you you look at kind of where this leaves Penn State. They are sitting at five and nine in the conference, fourteen and eleven. They're I believe mid sixties in the net on a four game losing streak right now. Uh, but with, with opportunities, you know, as 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 they come down the stretch here, uh, what what do you think's been the issue with with Penn State as they've um, you know gotten themselves in a bit of a losing streak here? That's that's an interesting question. I think it a lot of it comes down to the defensive end. I mean, you know, I know this game went to overtime, but Wisconsin still scored 79 points uh, at the Bryce Jordan Center, which I believe the 1.16 points per possession were are either their best or second best performance of the season. And then uh, on kind of in the same vein, allowing the exact same amount, actually 1.16 points per possession to a Maryland team that really was able to uh, kind of find a, a relatively balanced attack. They, you know, Hart uh, had 23, Young had 18, Reese had 11. Um, you know, the offense is still there for Penn State to some degree. I mean, they hit 12 threes against uh, against Maryland, and I believe they also hit nine against Wisconsin. Um, so around 40% in both games. But, you know, they're leaving points at the free throw line, and they're not playing defense, and especially against teams kind of in that, bottom tier uh 
you know, mid, sorry, mid to bottom tier, uh, of, of the conference. Like you can't have those defensive lapses where you allow Wisconsin to shoot 46% from three and also 59% from two. Um, you know, you're not going to force a lot of these turnovers and I don't believe Penn state forces that many turnovers as is, but they're just not, they're not getting it done on the defensive end. And that's kind of where things are coming home to roost. And, you know, with Illinois, a team like Illinois coming up, they better get it together pretty quickly. Yeah. So, you know, let, let's talk about the other team on the bubble here that, you know, I think um, had had really an up and down week this week. So we, we talked about that Penn State Wisconsin game, which Wisconsin emerged victorious out of. So at the time, didn't necessarily feel like a bubble elimination game, but felt like the the team that survived that game would, you know, that could, you know, that would really help, you know, I think propel them forward. And the team that lost that game would be left in, in kind of the dust. Well, Wisconsin won that game. It felt like they'd kind of saved their season at that point, but then they turn around and go into Lincoln and lose a, and, and lose that game, which also went into overtime. Um, so, you know, that loss, Probably Wisconsin's worst loss of the year. Um, and, you know, for the moment leaves, um, you know, leaves them falling down a lot of the, you know, computer-based rankings and, um, you know, really leaves them on, on their heels when it comes to, you know, them looking ahead to these next three weeks here. Maybe a couple of questions for you. What went wrong in Lincoln? And then where does Wisconsin go from here to try to get themselves back into the tournament field? Yeah, I mean, talk about honestly. I think I think looking holistically, I think none of the Big Ten's bubble teams improved their positions this week. Um, you know, we we haven't talked about Michigan, but uh, you know, kind of a big opportunity to slip away against Indiana. Um, but I mean, I, ugh, like as good as the offense was clicking for the Penn State game and for the first half of the Nebraska game, where uh, you know they were up by they blew a 17 point lead in the 16 minutes. Uh, they were up 45 to 28 with 16 minutes left in the game. Wisconsin was in in Nebraska. Nebraska went on a 20 to two run uh, to take the lead, and it, it ended up going to overtime. Um, and you know there were it was just I mean Wisconsin was generating open shots and good looks. They just couldn't knock them down. And maybe that's just fatigue and and a lack of depth coming in. Um, you know they're basically playing six and a half guys nowadays. Um, you know, Chucky Hepburn's played 42 minutes in back-to-back games, um, and it's looking like guys are getting tired. Tyler Wall looked like he had turned a corner after Penn State, uh, where he had 16 points, eight assists, five boards, and then ended up one for six from the field. Wisconsin wasn't able to get to the free throw line, which, again, might be a good thing, but surrendered 23 free throw opportunities to Nebraska, who, although not good, still knocked down 15 of them. Uh, and... You know, even Wisconsin just fell apart offensively and defensively in the second half. And, you know, I mean, as of today, uh, they are still bracket matrix's first team out kind of across the board. So they're, they've, they've been in as, an, as one of the last four in in some brackets. They're out in others. Um, and they do have some opportunity. But, I mean, the offense has got to be there consistently. It has not been there consistently for a full game. And they even let Penn State back into – a game after being up by six at halftime. So 
it's all about the consistent level of offense because the defense is still top 30 in the country. It's still a good to very good defense, but the offense has just totally fallen apart, whether that's forcing post shots, uh, just kind of getting bogged down with post doubles and just kind of a general inability to score. They're still shooting very well from three, which is the funniest thing in the world. They're still, you know, top 70. They're shooting 36% from three and they have two of the top 10 three point shooters in the, in the conference, but they are now shooting 46% from two, which is good for 325th in the country and 65% from the free throw line, which is good for 336th. Uh, that's bad. That's real bad. So they've got to figure out how to make their offense look more like Penn State, whether that's exploiting post post mismatches. And I will say credit to uh, Blaze Cada for on Nebraska for really walling up on Stephen Crowell and making him work for to really not play to not play well. Um, but Kata, I believe, ended up with with 11 rebounds uh, and just some really, really great post defense. So he's definitely a guy to keep your eye on if you're a Nebraska fan. But I mean, Wisconsin's got five to six winnable games left, and they're going to need most of, if not all of them, if they really want to make this tournament. All right, that wraps up our recap of the week. Um, we didn't hit on every team, but we'll hit on you know a few more as we move into the preview now. So I'll, I'll start off talking about the games on Tuesday. Um, so first off, we have Illinois going to Penn State. So just talked about Penn State, how they're on a four-game losing streak. This is a great opportunity for them to get themselves right. This is a revenge game for Illinois, um, who was upset upset by the Nittany Lions earlier in the year. But again, this that was before all the drama with Guy Clark leaving and some lineup changes across the board. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think the, the, the big question to me is how does Penn State kind of disprect uh, – defend this spread Illinois offense. You mentioned that that's really been their weakness as of late. I'd expect their one-on-one guys to ball out at home and their role players to shoot well. It's really going to come down to how well they they defend there. But you know, Penn State needs this game a lot more than Illinois does. So let's look to see what type of desperation they play with at home. Uh, Nebraska goes to Rutgers. This is a little bit of a get-right opportunity for Rutgers too, who lost two tough games this past week, although – um, both, not, neither of which were bad losses. They lost at Indiana and at Illinois. However, Nebraska's not not hot, but you know they've they've actually, believe it or not, now you know they've usurped Ohio State in the standings, and um, you know, they've they've um, upset a, a few teams as of late. late. They're they're five and ten in in conference, so you start to see the signs of things turning around there for Fred Hoiberg. So you know, eyes wide open game for Rutgers there, and then. Um, for those interested in bubble stuff, uh, Michigan heads to Wisconsin. Keep in mind, Tuesday's Valentine's Day, and this is the rematch of the, the Jawan Howard, Greg Gard um, incident that took place in Madison last year. So um, both these teams really need this game. Um, not that not that a loss really, you know, cripples. I mean, either team's chances any worse than they are right now. Um, but I think. It, based on you know what both of us have said over the last couple weeks this is a, these are two teams that don't necessarily struggle on offense or defense but they struggle a lot down the stretch um, on offense so I think this should be a fun one for the people that love um, weirdness down the stretch and incompetent offense deciding games Brett you want to talk about what's taking place on Wednesday yes after Steve and I spend our entire Valentine's Day together watching that game and and repeats of last year just all night 
uh, we head to Wednesday, which not uh, necessarily as exciting to start um, with Minnesota heading to Michigan State. Uh, not really much to say there. Michigan State's probably going to keep it rolling. Um, then we have Indiana Northwestern, uh, the battle for for outright second place uh, in what should be a really interesting one. I mean, Northwestern obviously has some excitement. You you could see kind of in the building uh, when they're playing against Purdue and and Wednesday should be no exception. Um, we I'm interested to see Northwestern leads the country, I think, in steals and the Big Ten in blocks. Um, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it's a lot. They're very good at both of those things. They're good at forcing turnovers and they're good at challenging shots. And that's going to be the key against Trace Jackson Davis. Nicholson is going to need to stay out of foul trouble and really kind of try to blanket Jackson Davis, who will definitely get his. But um, I think another interesting thing is going to be how they guard the pick and roll with Hood Shafino. Um, you know, Hood Shafino kind of lives to eat up that drop coverage where he gets clean looks from mid range, kind of in a way that Adige and, and Bowie like to operate if they're, uh, you know, given kind of latitude in the mid range. So I'm intrigued to see how they defend Hood Shafino because he's obviously supremely talented, but Northwestern has guys like Adige that are kind of built to stop that. We saw Miller Cop with, uh, a good game earlier last week. So we'll see if he can keep the momentum rolling. Um, Cause they're Indiana's going to need contributions from across the board and hope that race Thompson gets healthy. And on the offensive side for Northwestern, um, you know, if Bowie can keep getting to the hoop and, and really exploiting um, the opposing guards, which I mean, Indiana's a good defensive team, but I think that mostly stems from their post defense. I'm interested to see how he's able to kind of take advantage of someone like Hood Shafino who might not be as advanced defensively. Um, so I think this is going to be definitely a game of the week contender. Um, and I'm interested to see how that goes. I mean, I, the way Northwestern is playing right now, I could see them winning. I also could see a huge letdown after the Purdue win. Yeah. Well, it's a letdown. I mean, kind of a letdown game for both teams. So yeah, keep our eyes on that. Um, Thursday, we've got Purdue going to Maryland. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how Purdue responds. We talked about it earlier, how they haven't lost back-to-back games yet this year. Uh, but Maryland's a really, really tough place to play. It, you know, Most teams have not had um, success uh, going in there and winning. In fact, Maryland's 13-1 and at home this year. So uh, you know, we, we talked about the, the potential of the Big Ten kind of title race uh, tightening. Let's see if Purdue looks tense. That place is going to be wild. We'll see if Maryland can get out, get out and run. Uh, but I, I think that's also a game of the week contender over there. And then Ohio State goes to Iowa. Um, you know, we, we didn't talk about Iowa that much. They've they've been sort of holding serve, I think, for lack of a better term, over the last kind of couple of weeks here. Um, but I, I look for them to really get their offense and going. Ohio State Ohio State is the point where they really, really struggle to score. Um, you know, especially if Sensenbaugh um is is in foul trouble and can't contribute. They they really struggle to generate offense. So Iowa's got an opportunity, I think, to run them out of the building here at home. Um and as as they continue to make their case for a double bye come come March. All right, moving on to Saturday. We got a Big slate on Saturday, uh, Illinois going to Bloomington. So it's, you know, a bit of a quick turnaround for, for Indiana coming off of the, what should be a, a hard fought and grinded out game against Northwestern. So, I mean, Illinois will be a, a day fresher and, uh, coming off a very different kind of game. Um, so I, I mean, I like Illinois chances. I think they're going to need 
kind of Danger and Hawkins to be at their best, especially defensively. And I would look for for Meyer to to be big, uh, kind of in the catch and shoot role. Um, but I think on the flip side, you know, Jackson Davis is has obviously shown to be very savvy uh, in the post, and I think that he'll be able to exploit, especially Hawkins, if he gets switched onto him. Um, and I think that Hood Shafino is by far the, or not by far, but definitely the superior point guard in that game. Uh, and so that two-man combination should be able to be enough. But if Illinois can get enough from its supporting cast and 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 Shannon can really kind of wreak havoc on on his drives, uh, Illinois will be right in there at the end. Then we have Rutgers going to Madison. Another one Wisconsin's got to win. Um, I uh, <laughs> am a, a struggling a little bit to see how they're going to score much. Um, but, you know, we and I think that we've, Obviously, the post post is going to post play is going to be an issue because Omori is uh, obviously a, a huge factor to deal with, and then you've got guys like McConnell and and Mulcahy that'll make life miserable for a lot of Wisconsin's offense. So I think guys like Connor Asijin uh, are going to be big uh, to kind of hopefully get going from out outside the three point arc and hopefully open things up inside a little bit. But you know we'll see if Wisconsin has anything left in the tank at this point. On the flip side, uh, Rutgers definitely is missing Mawat Mag, uh, who's out for the season. Uh, so that, you know, could have caused a little of the discontinuity with uh, their game against Indiana. So I'm interested to see how they respond. But, you know, I, I this Rutgers defense travels and that might be enough against against Wisconsin. Um, Minnesota going to Penn State. Uh, if Penn State doesn't win this one, they're screwed. Uh, and they should win that game by a lot. And then we have uh, Michigan State heading into Michigan. Important game for both teams, I think, for different reasons, as as we've touched on. We've got Michigan State fighting for that double bye. We've got Michigan fighting to stay alive in the NCAA tournament. Um, I I like Michigan's home home court advantage here. I think that you know all all issues with end of game situations being true, as Steve has pointed out. Um, you know the 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 Dickinson Howard combination should be enough to kind of get them over the finish line there. And then on Sunday, Ohio State goes to Purdue. This will be a welcome get-right game opportunity for Purdue as they, they come back home uh, after, you know, the loss to Northwestern today and then presumably a tough game at Maryland earlier in the week. Um, I think it's a good opportunity for Purdue to really take it to the Buckeyes um, with a decided height advantage down low. Um, and, you know, even with some of the perimeter defenders that can – shut down some of Ohio state's strong wings. Um, so I, I, you know, but I think the, the big, but there is again, if Purdue loses to Maryland earlier in the week, I, I think this game will be closer than what people think, because I, I, I just, I think Purdue's super, super susceptible to feeling the pressure. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's funny. Edie has, has, has put the team on, on his back with, without question, but, um, I don't know that they've really felt pressure in the way that they're kind of about to feel this week. So, um, you know, let's see if he blinks yet because he hasn't throughout the year. Um, but let, I'm curious to see if they look shaken at all um, coming out after, you know, um, after this this game in Evanston where they really did look shaken for the last five minutes on the stretch. Um, Maryland heads to Nebraska. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know what this Nebraska team anymore. I mean, Maryland is a different team on the road as you know, compared to how they are at home. And, you know, the kind of like Sunday afternoon tip, this, this strikes me as another ripe upset opportunity for the, the Cornhuskers. 
Maryland's not at a point where, like, if they lose this game, they're all of a sudden on the bu- on the bubble. But uh, they, it, it, eyes wide open game as is any game that anyone plays against Nebraska at this point in the year. And then Iowa goes to Northwestern. Um, you know, this again the the classic uh, the the classic um, offense versus defense. You know, as strength and who's who's going to prevail. Uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll see. This actually looks like it's the third Northwestern home game in a row here. So we'll see if the enthusiasm of the students continues to, um, I think, pr- propel the Wildcats. Uh, but but also, it you know, they've, they've, they've played a lot of games as of late. We talked about that uh, yesterday just with the, with the COVID pause um, and, and games having to be reshuffled around. Uh, you know, they'll they'll – Played Purdue, you know, they'll, they'll play Indiana earlier this week. And again, another solid Iowa team coming in. This is, those are three games they're going to have to have to be super, super precise to, you know, to win all three of them. Uh, but if they do, they, they'll, you know, not only be alone in second place, but maybe even knocking on the door for Purdue to grab control of the Big Ten Conference. So this, I mean, not, not just like a huge week for Northwestern for, you know, tournament resume and, you know, conference tournament seating, but, you know, potentially, you know, for the future of the Chris Collins tenure there. I mean, you know, I think, I think it's fair to say he saved his job with his work this season, but like if you could have them on the doorsteps of a regular season conference title, which I think you know, we very realistically could be talking about that at the end of this week, you know, the, I, I look for that to be a raucous environment there when the Hawkeyes come in. Um, all right. Thanks everyone for bearing with us. Um, hope everybody's Super Bowl plans were, were fantastic, but more importantly, hope you guys tune in to the last three weeks of the season here. We'll be with you every step of the way. Thanks, everyone.